0: Welcome to the Wake Up with Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and I'm excited to bring you interviews with empowered entrepreneurs who build their businesses on gratitude, self love, and kindness. I'm excited to welcome Jill Mueller, registered physiotherapist, to talk about infertility, endometriosis, and self love. Hello, everybody. Julie Boyer here. I'm so excited that you've decided to join us, whether you're watching us on video or you're listening to the audio, I have a really special friend uh, joining me today, Jill Mueller. Hello, Jill. Welcome. Hi. Thank you. So Jill and I have known each other actually for quite some time. Uh, We met back in university at McMaster in Hamilton. And We lost touch for a number of years, but then randomly reconnected at a health fair, which of course we both know is not random. Mm -hmm. Ended up, we were living like almost in the same neighborhood. And, you know, Jill and I have been through a lot of the same challenges uh, around fertility and all of these things. And Jill, actually, when we met, she we studied kinesiology together, but she went on to be a physio. And now she has a focus specifically on uh, pelvic health and wellness and awareness and understanding for women. So I really wanted to connect with you, Jill, because I feel like these are topics that A, women aren't really talking about, and B, I do think this is all really connected to self-love. So if you could just sort of fill in the gaps in the story that I've just shared and kind of tell us how you got to where you are today.
1: Yeah. So... As Julie mentioned, I had um, a ten year fertility challenge, and i don't like the word infertility personally; it sounds so permanent, which is interesting but um, i I also have endometriosis. So I had a laparoscopy to diagnose that and um, and that was one of the struggles. I have an abnormal shaped uterus blah 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 um, but One thing that led me to pelvic health, once we decided to wrap up trying to conceive, I do have a child now. So we tried afterwards as well, but there just became a point where it was needing, I needed to move on. And um, I thought, you know what, I really, you could either move on and continue your own life or I really reflected and wanted to share what I learned about myself with people. And I thought, how can I best do that? And so that's really what got me into pelvic health. I really wanted to help women with mechanical fertility issues, um, which just basically means if there's a fascial restriction or anything that's contributing to, you would never really know without doing an assessment. But, But then I got into pelvic health on a, not just with fertility, but on a on a grander scheme and like I treat men as well. But one, one theme that I did find was that the mystery of the pelvis and the reproductive system and the urinary system and the bowels and it, that mystery was disturbing for a lot of people. And there's a lot of emotion hung up in that area and a lot of shame. And, and so self compassion and self love is definitely a massive theme that I try and instill with, with my clients.
0: You know, what I love about you, Jill, is that you're always learning. I, you're always taking a course. You're always reading a new book. I remember, you know, you were like, you were like, oh, look, my, my book on urogenital health just arrived. I'm like, you're so like you're posting, you know, but this is what I love is that you're talking about things that are like secret and hidden Mm -hmm. and that's where the emotion gets trapped too is like Mm -hmm. we're not comfortable talking about this we're not comfortable saying yes i have endometriosis and yes i had trouble conceiving and you and i are actually like we are in the exception yeah to be to have children like that's a huge uh gift that we both have and we both are blessed with one child and we both struggled to you know we kind of both went through our journey after that one was what we were going to be blessed with. You know, I even remember like years ago, you even sharing with me about like tracking your fertility and all these things that like we didn't even talk about or learn about. So Mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about, you know, how you're working with your clients today. Like just, is it, do you focus on like mechanical stuff alone? Do you have those conversations with like, because you've been through this yourself, that must make you a little bit of a different practitioner than someone else who's kind of like, I'm treating this mechanical thing, but I don't necessarily understand what they're going through. How does that affect the way that you work with your clients?
1: Um, I've really changed the way I practice. I find the best and most important thing to do is listen to the, the client's story. And I've, tried, I've, I've sort of changed my language around using patient as well because it sounds so prescriptive. Whereas if they're a client, I'm more of a coach. And um, I might use it interspersed, but I'm really trying to move away from that. So the first thing I do is let them tell their story. And if they need to tell their story for that entire hour, I, I might at one point just say, I thank you for sharing your story. And it seems like that's an important part of, of the healing process. I, I would love to continue with that. We can do that today or we can do that. Um, next day I'm going to leave that up to you because I don't want them to leave if they come in with the expectation of having a physical assessment right. and they leave and then they're disappointed. So I sort of interrupt and let them decide. And there are times where they t- want to talk that entire hour. And I am so humbled that they, f- they feel comfortable doing that. It is a- quite an honor. So that is a big, big, big start to their healing process. Unfortunately, the medical system does not allow them the time to do that. And so I do have an hour, the first appointment and the second appointment, to be able to really be thorough with them. And I find that instills a good therapeutic alliance where they feel comfortable with me in moving forward. That's the first step. The second step I might get them to do after that initial storytelling or maybe I get a bit of a physical assessment in, but I get them to be a little bit more observant when they leave because when we have pain, for example, um, it can be all-encompassing and we, and we have a lot of resistance to pain. So we might get mad at it or we might mm-hmm. um, just go to bed because of it and succumb to it. So it's a learn, we have to learn better how to manage it. We've never learned, like it should be taught in kindergarten, to be honest. And so I find sort of a CBT, a cognitive behavioral therapy approach, where we're sort of more observant to how are my emotions with this pain? How are my thoughts? What are my thoughts right now? Because it's this sort of vicious cycle where, the thoughts can bring on the pain or worsen the pain mm. or the pain can make us angry or anger can make us give us pain. So it's, I try and get them to be a little more observant of what may, might be tied in what might be sort of, I don't, I don't like the word trigger, but what might enhance
0: there that. There are The trigger thing is actually really yeah. valid. It We were having this discussion yesterday, um, you know, with someone that I work with, Karen, about how, like, how anger and fear are so related to physical pain, Mm -hmm. right? And it manifests itself, it like makes you feel worse. And it, you know, we were talking about Louise Hay, how she has her whole, you can hear your life about having mantras to, you know, to look at your pain in a different way yeah, and to, you know, Give thanks for the your body in a different way and treat your body differently. So I really think this is a really amazing because you know, you wouldn't necessarily think of, I'm gonna go see a physio for this, right? But I actually think you're part of a whole network too. Like this is not, you're not the only person who's addressing these things that women just don't talk about, like incontinence or fertility challenges, or I mean, I am lucky I don't deal with the incontinence thing after pregnancy, but I feel like everybody else that I know who's had a child deals with it. And what would you say to a woman, for example, who's dealing with fertility challenges and feels like she's like end of her rope or she's had children and she feels like, you know, she just, the incontinence thing is like, she just has to live with that. But because she's scared to even go see someone, like how does someone take that first step to connect with you or someone else that's doing um, this uh, pelvic physio focus? I think the first and most
1: important thing is to realize you're not alone. It is prevalent, but it's not normal. So I think it's been normalized because it is so prevalent, but there is a lot we can do. And I think when we don't know about pelvic physio, we, all we know is either I'm going to leak or I need surgery. And those are, right. that's black and white. And there is a big gray area in between. And that's where pelvic physio can really fit in. So we, we assess what might be contributing. Honestly, a lot of the times it's a coordination thing and a breathing thing. Like it, it oftentimes is so simple. So realize that as much as you're embarrassed or shamed, when you come in and talk to a pelvic physio, it is not anything we have, haven't heard before. So you can divulge All sorts of stuff like pain with intercourse and the slippery slope that that entails around a relationship. And so, you know, you might come in with leaking when you cough, sneeze, jump, but when we start to dive into more questions, there's usually something else, um, which is fine because it can all be addressed. And sometimes it is really, really simple and can be fixed. I've had people who've said, why did I not come eight years ago? And they're so mad at themselves. And I'm like, okay, well, don't be mad at yourself. We're
0: talking about self-love here, so we don't want to yeah. be angry with ourselves for yeah. waiting so long. Yeah, you're here now. You're here so, now. I mean, <laughs> yeah. You know, I think we want to make sure, like we're going to make sure, because you have a link that you just shared actually, I think today or yesterday, about where to find someone in your area. Yeah. Which I think, because obviously this is not going to be just local to you know, the Burlington Oakville area that you're in. And, um, Mm -hmm. but I want to get back to the whole thing about like, you know, how does this connect to self love? And it's like what you said, it's like, we don't even know. Sometimes we just don't even know that we can take care of ourselves in this way. Like we're just not Mm -hmm. even aware. And one of the reasons I invited you to connect is because you've, because you're open to having frank conversations about stuff that makes people really, really uncomfortable you've allowed me to heal in different ways and to look for different solutions and to really address and say like, I'm important enough that this needs to be taken care of. So Mm -hmm. if you kind of look at your work through the eyes of, how is this like, how, why would a woman come in in looking for self-love and compassion to work with someone like you? How does that connect? Well, I think in general,
1: women see Taking care of ourselves as selfish, and I think it's it's like the analogy of when you're on the airplane, and they say if we are needing the oxygen, yeah. put the oxygen mask on yourself before you put it on the child or someone who needs help. There's a reason for that. Like if you need to be able to help others, you need to be taking care of yourself, and recognizing that it's not selfish is the first step. I think.
0: Um, Secondly, um, well, cause it takes I, time. You know what? That's the thing is like, it takes time for me to go to an appointment and to take care of these and I can just live with it. But then you see the other side, which is like a woman's like, Oh my goodness. Why didn't I just do this before? That's the thing. A, it may not be,
1: state. it may not be as big of a time devotion as you're anticipating. The other thing I would say is like, Just check in, like, what's the conversation you're having with yourself when you are experiencing either fertility challenges or pelvic pain or incontinence or whatever? What are you saying to yourself? And if you're saying to yourself something that is other than the advice you would be giving a good friend, then you need to check in with that conversation and perhaps look at a little bit nicer of a conversation, which is where self-compassion and self-love comes in. And gratitude. I mean, really, it's all kind of tied in. I think the first step is to be mindful of what that conversation is. Mindful. I think it's, it's I kind of often will step back. If I have a symptom, I will step back and say, because a lot of symptoms are tied around stress <laughs> as well. So yeah. Yeah. if we can step back and say, yeah. what's going on in my life right now? How am I feeling? you know, am I really busy? What are my thoughts? Like just kind of assessing a few things and physically, what did I do yesterday? But it might not all be always be tied into physical, right? So being observant, being mindful of those things, try not to be judgmental, which is what mindfulness means. Yeah. Just observing. Yeah. Secondly, check in. What is that self-talk that I'm having and that conversation that I'm having with myself? And can I be a little bit more compassionate and change that conversation. And then thirdly, um, recognizing that you aren't alone. That's a big thing. That sense yeah. of community and, and la- like knowing that you're not isolated that I find as a common theme as well. Women think there's other people that are out there that have this. And I'm like, God, hang out with me all day. Yes. You will see,
0: but it's true because it's these Mm -hmm. conversations that you feel like you're the only one who's really struggling. Mm -hmm. And I think we're getting better in this age of social media, where people are sharing their story, their authentic Mm -hmm. stories. Women, because women are the ones, like you and I, are both on Instagram. I think we see women like sharing their stories of struggles with endometriosis, with body image, with all these things. I mean, Rachel Hollis talks about you know peeing Mm -hmm. your pants when jumping on the trampoline in the first paragraph of her first book. Mm -hmm. I mean that. You know, and we kind of make a joke in the light of it, but it's like, actually, it's not funny to like Mm. have to deal with this every day and to have people like you who are like, we can actually help you with this. And it's not about, it's like you said, it's not black or white. It's not suffer or surgery. There's like a whole thing we can do in the middle. And I think too, um, we, I think being cautious when we are on social, what I love about what you post um, on Instagram, what's your Instagram handle as I'm talking about your Instagram at Jill Mueller, PT, P-T M U E okay. L L E R. Thank you. And it's on the screen if you're watching the video, but Jill spelled it for the audio. Thank you. And then we'll post it. But what I love is that you address these uncomfortable topics, but not in a way that you're talking about complaints and pain and negativity. You're like, if you're suffering, here's something you can do. Here's a book mm-hmm. that I read that worked for me. Here's a way you can connect with someone who can help you. And I think that conversation in social media really helps like all of us feel better about self-love and mm-hmm. kindness when we're following people that are offering solutions, but that they've struggled. Yeah. It's like, it's not, you're not just like standing up and preaching about this. Mm-hmm. Your work came from a personal struggle and a personal story. And I Mm -hmm. think that's what makes it so powerful. You know, I was, when we talked I was saying how much I missed seeing you as a friend, but also, you know, as a client, because I, you're a very intuitive practitioner and I think that um, that's what makes your work really, you know, just at a different level. Like you're really listening with Mm -hmm. your, you know, with our whole body, you're listening to our words, but you're also listening to our body and, and finding what's going on. So I just, I think that's really special about some of the work that you do. No, well, thank you. To tell you how much I and I'm pretty, I'm pretty passionate about
1: it. Yeah, yeah you're definitely
0: passionate about it. And yeah. I've, you know, I've known you for a long time and you're even more passionate about it now, mm-hmm. which is really great. So um, as we wrap things up, if you were to encourage those that are watching or listening to make to start one new habit or make one change after listening to us, what would that be for you? I would definitely say
1: check in with how you're speaking with yourself and then change that language as if you're speaking to your child or someone you really love. What would be the advice you would give somebody who's exactly in the situation you're in? Start to talk to yourself that way. It's big. It's powerful. It increases resilience.
0: Jill, that sounds so easy, but we all know how hard it is. But it's such a good reminder. Well, I have a, I have a resource. Oh yeah, show me the resource. Yeah. So,
1: Kristen Neff is the researcher. I'm big on research too. Yeah. So oh, Kristen yeah. Neff is a researcher in this area, probably the biggest in the world. And she's designed an easy workbook for people who are having challenges with this. And she also has some mindful, uh, some meditations on her website, which we will add to the show notes. Yes. Sure. And like, you could probably Google Kristen Neff. It's something about self-compassion. You just put Kristen Neff self-compassion, it'll come up. Um, but she has some great meditations to listen to um, and her workbook is really easy to follow. It's just habitual, like gratitude, right? You just have to do it in the beginning, keep doing, keep doing, and then you start to believe
0: it. You do. And Mm -hmm. I also want to also encourage women or even men who are listening and are any of these symptoms that are happening that you shared and they're embarrassed about, or they're feeling shame, I really encourage you to find a public practitioner in your area and take the action and make a make an appointment and start. Um it may not be the solution for you but you got to start somewhere and you, know, you might just heard something and it might have you know been like oh wait someone can help me with that like I just really hope you'll actually take some action mm-hmm. and and do something and and take the steps because you could be that client who says I wish I just called you 8 years ago. But today you know you can only plant a tree of course we want to the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago mm-hmm. or today so just do that action today uh instagram we know where to find you you have a website as well so i have um a personal
1: website um it's jillmuller.ca yeah. www um, <laughs> in case you don't know what that in means. In case you don't know what that means. And idea. then my, um, my work email or work um, website is, it's healthy balance physiotherapy and wellness.
0: So it's hbpw.ca. Okay, so you shortened it all, super easy. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I know that you know it's not easy for everybody to travel, but if you're in the area, if you're like within even a half hour drive of Jill or even an hour drive of Jill, I know you have people that drive a long way to see you, yeah. right? So yeah. it, because it's worth it because Jill is a wonderful practitioner. But or if, get
1: in touch with me and I can refer, people can email me and yeah. I can um, refer them. So well, if they you can wanna, message
0: you on Instagram directly to yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, DM me. That's an easy uh, way, yeah. and then you can connect with a practitioner that you know as yeah. well because. We The last thing we want is someone to be like, well, I don't live anywhere near Jill. I'm like, take the action. Let's We want to help you mm-hmm. to, yeah. to do this part of self-love. So I really am so grateful for everything I've learned from you. I think because you're doing research all the time, because you're reading, you're always teaching me new things. You're always leading me in directions for more healing and self-care and self-compassion. And I am just really grateful to have you in my life. Thank you so much, oh, Jill, for sharing everything with thank us Thank you,
1: Julie, for sharing your stuff too.
0: Thank you for joining me on today's episode of wake up with gratitude. See you next time where I interview other entrepreneurs who are building their business on gratitude, kindness, and self-love. I appreciate you and the time you took to listen today. Thank you so much for liking, downloading, and sharing this podcast.